goths and fake girls i'm liz loxley and my pronouns are they them and i'm mia moore and my pronouns are also they them if you'd like to get in touch get in touch you can send us an email over to fake goth girls at gmail.com if you'd like to throw a coin our way or perhaps purchase our enamel pin or stickers check out our coffee at coffee.com slash fake goth girls god every time i want to say kofi it's it's gonna always be kofi to me that's fine kofi <laughs> kingston Kofi Kingston, Kofi Mania. Um, all right. Uh, so moving on to housekeeping, uh, we're, we're back. <laughs> back, 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 back again. Oh, in my head before this, uh, We Will Survive was in my head because, and now you're back. <laughs> um, constantly. I'm, I'm just a grab bag of Drag Race references, so that's all I got for you. There's no way they haven't done I Will Survive on Drag Race. So. Oh, they did, and I believe it was a double elimination because neither girl was good at it. I feel but, like I remember this, and I was very pissed off because I was like, that is the song even a straight girl could do perfectly. That's what's weird about it is, isn't that, like, a, such a staple? How can you have low energy? Yeah, I, I you, you can't. It's literally illegal. It's homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to give a little, just, I, not transparency, but, like, this time we're doing the podcast a little differently in that we never want to force it because then it becomes like a chore rather than something we enjoy doing. Uh, so when one of us wants to take a break, we're just going to take a break. Unfortunately, this time it just like barrel rolled. So I personally got extremely brain sick that I got to like the worst depression I basically ever had and had it realized and I had to like stop podcasting and like get on medication and like a whole bunch of other stuff and that i'm doing so much better now um and i'm really thankful that i i was able to catch it and i'll talk more about it at the end of the podcast because our tastemaker is kind of relevant to it and then um then it was the holidays and then mia got sick yeah five times (laughs) something like that yeah i mean we're hitting all the classics um and also victorian sounding illnesses and also some new ones you've never heard of just in the mix um no like i mean toddler and daycare toddlers are gross they lick everything um daycares are gross it's just a germ factory but what's the weirdest part about this is like we've just been back to back sick and the toddler's mainly been fine um which i guess is fine like i you know i don't like seeing him suffer but It'd be nice if he was lower energy for a second. He has so much energy. Oh, my God. And he doesn't understand, like, you know, mama needs a minute. Mama needs to lay down. Mama's dying. Um, There was a day that Colby was really, like, not feeling well, and he was laying on the couch, and he fell asleep while, like, we were both kind of watching all but he was only half, you know, he was was doing what he could. Um, And baby was in his tower, and he asked for a banana, which was his favorite thing. I gave him a banana. Next thing I know, he bolted out of the tower, ran to the couch and show, like shoved the banana in Colby's face and was like, Dada, <laughs> Nana, like so excited, like the happiest thing you've ever seen. And so poor Colby just like wakes up to baby in his face, showing him a banana. And he's like, that's great. Yeah. And I'm like, the way I know you feel so bad and you still manage to like completely shocked that you have a baby in front of your face showing you something and you're like, yes, I'm enthusiastic. Congratulations on your banana. <laughs> Like, you're a good dad. <laughs> good instincts. Um, Man, yeah, you we, know we that demons that had to be fought off for that. <laughs> no, truly. Like, I would not have blamed him. Not that, you know, he, like, explodes or whatever. But I wouldn't have blamed him if he was like, 
exactly. Um, but yeah, we had uh, RSV twice, we think. We had strep, which the baby didn't get because apparently you don't have tonsils at that age. But then Colby's like, I don't have tonsils either. And I'm like, I don't know what the urgent care was on. Like, I don't know. Whatever. That's just what she said. Um, but he didn't get it at all. Um, we've had garden variety colds. Uh, I thought I was getting an ear infection, but I'm okay now. And then I got a tattoo while I was still healing and that was a bad idea. Um, it's just been a mess over here. And then last week we were finally free to record, but I forgot that it was happening. Um, cause we didn't like confirm the day before and my brain juice dislikes that. So on the day of, I was like, I would rather die than record the podcast, which is so stupid. Like, I know I like it, but we haven't done it in so long that my brain is, uh, is resistant. And we also record so late that it's like after our meds have worn off. So it does get a little bit more difficult. That's at least the hard part for me. Yeah. Well, we'll see about schedule stuff because maybe we can move that around. But it's hard to find a good time when a uh, baby and work yeah. and life and all that. <laughs> and I, I, I'm just here. <laughs> hey, Mia. Just vibing. What's, what's bringing you joy this week? Um. So lately I've been really into visible mending and embroidery. Um, I started getting into doing embroidery type things. Um, I don't, oh, it was cross stitch while we were, um, on the Seattle scouting trip. And then I started doing more cross stitch stuff. And then I found out I had an embroidery kit that I don't remember obtaining, but I'm sure I bought at some point in my life. Cause that's probably the cosplay you... era. Well, but it, it was not, it was not cosplay. Like it was like a kit for making stuff that's just like art, but yeah, like same, same idea. You just accumulate shit. I'm sure I bought it at some point. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> um, but I found it in my, in my crafty stuff and I was like, oh, I'll do this. And that was really fun and really enjoyable to have like a little project to work on. Um, and then meanwhile, um, I started using Reddit. I think we talked about this in the, um, we, we recorded an episode that, uh, didn't turn out. So y'all never will see the light of day, um, which is fine. But I think I talked about like Twitter is not sparking joy. What do I do with social media? And one of the things I've been doing is getting on Reddit, which I know sounds like that would also be toxic. But because I made my account pretty recently and I only go to like hyper specific subreddits, I'm actually seeing good content. And one of them is like our embroidery, our cross stitch, but also our visible mending. Um, so visible mending is a type of mending where um, you mend clothing or whatever, <clears throat> but you're not trying to hide that you have mended it. You're not trying to blend it in with the existing material. Um, so maybe instead of using thread that matches, you'll use a contrasting thread or you'll use like a colorful patch for something and things like that. There are so many creative ideas on that subreddit and it just makes me feel really creative because I think it also speaks to the part of my Virgo brain that wants things to be practical at all times. So it's like, oh, I'm not just doing this for the sake of doing it. I'm also doing it because my toddler uh, ran through these jeans too quickly and I want to repair them or whatever, you know. Um, and I've actually already been visible mending before I knew that it was a whole thing. Like uh, I have a Chihuahua, Miles, and he is not a big chewer like to the point i know people have to buy like special toys for their heavy chewing dogs um it'll take him like months to years to wear through a toy but when he does especially if it's a toy he really loves i'll just sew it back together um and it doesn't look great but it doesn't matter he doesn't care and i i found the visible mending subreddit and i was like oh my god it's visible mending like i used embroidery floss and it doesn't look perfect and it's fine and i don't know i'm just really loving it it's it's really giving me um, it's bringing me peace and joy. Let's put it that way. 
Hell yeah, it is. It's like the lamest thing ever, but um, I think no, it's, it's super really cool. It, it's punk as hell. What are you talking about? It is punk, and that's why I love it. Like, <laughs> it's very anti-capitalist to mend things. Yeah, I mean, a huge reason that A, women's work is devalued, and B, that they try to act like sewing and knitting and all of that is not, like, good or real work is so that we have to buy everything that's cheap and bad rather than learning how to be self-sustaining. And I've also seen it described that, like, mending is an act of love. Um, Because another thing with, like, my my journey into slower living and slower fashion – um, I feel like I have to say er because, you know, obviously I don't live slow or shop slow all the time. Um, I don't even know that I live slow most days. It doesn't feel like it, but I'm working on it. Um, and part of that journey has been like trying to reject this this disposable culture. And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot mending is even an option because that's how little we take care of things. Like main- maintaining things is such a new interest of mine. So it, it seems to fit into all that really perfectly. And um, I don't know. I just... If you want to see like all these little acts of love, all this little stitchery, um, that that's where I'd go is visible mending. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes. Hell yeah! And yeah, Liz, what what is bringing you joy this week? Um, I talk about this a lot, but you know, I love tattoos a lot, and since we last recorded, I've gotten a lot. Um, so <laughs> this is actually very true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I finished, I think I had started this bat project before we stopped recording, but I got a giant, um, like sternum belly piece of a bat and it is finished mostly. I still need to do touch-ups and we'll get on that in a second. Um, and then, uh, I started my sleeve, so I've saved an arm that's completely bare for getting like a full sleeve like the full project where one artist does except I have two artists for this for a reason and so um the artist I usually go to and the person who was across from they recently moved their chair but uh they were talking about wanting to like collab together and I was like I would love that your styles are great and I would love to have both of them on my arm. Would you want to do that? And I gave them, like, I, I sent them a Pinterest board of stuff that I thought was in, like, both of their wheelhouses. Uh, but I was like, you can do whatever you want. Like, I have very, like, no underwater, no humans, and no gore. Like, that's my rule. But other than that, do whatever you want. And then when I got there and I saw the start of the sleeve, it was, like, exactly what I would have wanted. And so far, um, it's, like, a crow and a snake and a moth. And it's really cool. And then next I'm getting the other side done. So only the outside part is like outlined. And then the other parts are going to be like a frog and like a rat. So it's like very like foresty. And it, it looks so cool. And it's literally just the sketchiest outline right now to get everything laid out. Um, it looks so cool. And the art is so good. And I'm so excited for you. And also overnight you became incredibly tattooed. Yes. <laughs> Which is great, uh, especially like with the bat. Like, if if you are a person who tattoos make you feel better, getting a like sternum belly piece, highly recommend. Because when I look in the mirror, it just makes me so fucking happy. Ugh. But um, you've been doing such a good job selling me on it. But like, <laughs> I have to decide what I actually want. And I know we have a lot of like 
accidentally or not matching tattoos but i'm not getting a bat i refuse to do that (laughs) bats look so good (laughs) no they do that's but like i didn't want one before you got one you know (laughs) to be fair i just saw someone on like a fat girl with a bat tattoo and i was like oh that has to be me and i like emailed my artist amazing um also it's like it's like um like the the between titty area to belly button like it's huge yeah and it's like fully full front sternum yeah yeah it's it's giant it's big i love it it's incredible (laughs) it took many sessions like way more than we thought but also my artist is uh chronically ill so sometimes like they'll have to cut short and stuff like that which i don't care at all i would much rather them be safe than sorry but i also developed a sanitary allergy in the middle of this oh uh, just super fun so my artist was telling me that sometimes um people have allergies in specific areas like um, specific parts of skin yeah and that different kinds of skin react to adhesives differently because i was like well band-aids have never broke me out before and it's adhesive as well and they're like yeah it could be the skin so what happened the first time is uh it ripped off some of my skin which is fucking wild me saw some pictures of it it looked and- incredibly painful <laughs> and i was just like well that's not great and i thought that it was just because that particular area moves a lot and is really like dry and it was winter and so i kind of just thought it was that my was just like it kind of sounds like an allergy and then i was like nah it's fine i'll just wear it for a shorter period of time the next time so i went to go get color got uh it, it's actually not sanitary it's recovery germ but I think the allergy would remain the same either way. And so they put it on and I left it on a little too long again and it started hurting. I took it off and it was mostly fine this time. I did have a little bit of like rashing and a little bit more pain. And I was like, man, I hate how tattoos hurt more after you get them. But it's like, no, that's your allergy, babe. But um, and then... So if you get tattoos, you know, they scab up. And so it had scabbed up and like I had washed off some of them and it just like ripped off part of his fucking face. It was real, real gnarly. Um, Yeah. And so I put a Band-Aid over that so that it wouldn't get infected because it's really close to your heart. And the closer to your heart, the more you need to be like attentive. And so then the Band-Aid also gave me a huge rash and it's like oh my god fuck and i still have that rash and it's been like over a month and so now we're naturally healing it and it's not great i mean it's it's fine it's just sanitary fucking kicks ass but anyways um, but not if you're allergic to it <laughs> yeah so if you are having any adverse things maybe google what an allergy looks like because then when i googled it i was like oh yeah okay that's exactly what happened to me I just thought I thought I was better than having the allergy. <laughs> Wait, but me too. I oh man, I googled it. I this is not what happens to me. So mine is usually like it's a rash, but it's more like specific spots, and a lot of these seem to be just like a red area where all of the sanoderm is. Oh, that's not how mine is. Mine is specific spots. Okay, I'll look into it. I I'm sensitive. <laughs> I have sensitive skin like that, so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if I do have a a real allergy. And I've had 
not like a skin altering ripping off type reaction but i've had some rashes and stuff before so like it wouldn't surprise me but i really it's so much easier to heal with saniderm despite that yeah i mean i'm still gonna do it on certain things i'm just gonna be a lot more careful about it wear it for a lot less time um just obviously not on my tummy but luckily that's covered now so we don't have to <laughs> well i was surprised they gave you saniderm for such a big piece anyway because when i was healing my half sleeve like it's so hard to piece together saniderm for stuff that's that large uh, because we did it in pieces, it wasn't as bad. Because mm. um, then it's predominantly on one side where, like, new color is or whatever. But, um, yeah, anyways, it's super fun. And also, like, because originally I thought the allergy was sweat-based because it had happened before with, like, Pacey's or whatever. Because Pacey's yeah, are obviously also, in a similar that's, area. <clears throat> that's also when I've noticed my sanoderm reaction is worse is, like, in the summer. yeah. And so I definitely thought it was that. It it was it was not. It was it was a real allergy. Turns out very dumb. Don't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Zero out of ten. Uh, but yeah, I'm. So but do kidding. you love being super tattooed? Oh yeah, I like today. I went out in just like some shitty Crocs and like a dress that is barely like it's like fabric that just drapes over me. But I was like, I still have a lot of accessories on because <laughs> I just. I have enough tattoos that they, like, can be the outfit now, and that's very exciting for me. That's so fun. I love that. Um, all right, let's move on to the first date question, where we make an effort to learn more about each other. This week, I'll be asking the first date question, and this is inspired by spring coming. Uh, what is your favorite backyard bird? Easy answer. Um, probably a northern cardinal. I know they're... so. I've been around enough birders that they're like not super excited about cardinals. I get it. Um, they have a lot of calls, like apparently over 25 different calls. And a lot of times you'll think that you're hearing a bird you've never heard before. And then it's just a cardinal, which has literally happened to a friend of mine. Um, I was like, oh, she was asking me like, oh, I got I got this on film. And like, what what is that bird call? I've never heard that before. And I was like, I'm not good at bird calls, but I would not be surprised if it's a cardinal. And it was. That's um, mockingbirds with my ass. Mockingbirds always <laughs> fucking get me. I'm like, get out of what my is lawn. That? What is this exotic, exciting bird? <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, like, they're so common and, and not afraid of people. So you do see them a lot. But I don't care. The novelty never gets old to me. I love how bright red the males are. Um, I love that, like, you always seem to see them in pairs, like mating pairs. And that's really sweet. Um, yeah, they're significant to me close runner up is anything really small and chunky like a chickadee um mm. or a titmouse i love a good titmouse <laughs> um so i recently put the seed back out for the birds and then my cat gets to watch the birds and it's fucking great we both just sit there and stare at the birds i also don't lose the novelty of a bird it can be the most boring ass looking house finch and i'm still stoked and it's mostly yeah, boring i don't, house I don't get why people are are that way it's I, it couldn't be me yeah it's not a collection thing for me it's literally like i'm excited for each and every bird that comes around yeah maybe that's it yeah because i'm not like oh i gotta gotta collect them all i'm just like oh a bird smile yeah exactly i just have a very toddler reaction to be like bird clap um so we don't get a lot so we do get cardinals we get house finches but i think my favorite one that we get is probably a morning dove 
I I originally had this as favorite bird, but then I was like, that would be an entire episode because I bet you each of us have like a 10 ranking system at least. Oh, yeah, I have have a tier list. Sure. It would be very difficult. So I was like, I'm going to switch it to backyard bird. And I mean, like, literally ones in your backyard. <laughs> well, and I will say, so for Christmas, um, I got this bird camera called the Bird Buddy. It's very many dollar signs. Um, but I specifically asked for it because I was like, this would be an amazing Christmas gift. And I can't think of anything. And number one, it really is. And number two, um, I have so many more backyard birds than I'd ever seen before. Like, I thought we had a fairly good collection, and it turns out there's even more that I hadn't seen before. Um, And I don't know if it's because the feeder, I also have a little suet holder for the feeder, so I'm also putting out suet. I don't know if it's the location or if it's just because there's a camera on it, so I'm catching birds that I normally wouldn't see, but it's incredible. Um, It's also right across from my toddler's high chair, so when we're eating meals, if he sees a bird, he's like, coral, because... (laughs) Most of the time it's a squirrel, but now also birds are quarrel, and I love that. It's so great. (laughs) I mean, that's really close to quail. He's basically got it. Yeah, he's Uh, just identifying the, he's like, that's not a northern cardinal, it's a quail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think because of the location of my feeder, I only get very specific birds because it's under our uh, porch, so I think Mm. it has to be braver birds that come. But last summer, we had morning doves roosting on our porch fan. And so, like, we actually taped off our porch fan to make sure we never accidentally turned it on. And, like, that's when I started putting the bird seed out. And they never ate it. They never wanted any. And I got specific bird seed for them. But, you know, I got to watch multiple birds, like, morning doves grow up in last summer. And it was really fun. And one of the first birds, like, because mom will come, my mom will come and say if she sees a bird that, she doesn't normally see and so like one time it was a fucking hawk and i was like thank you for pointing that out because it's really good to know we have a hawk in the area yeah especially because um, your yard has a ton of bunnies yeah um and luckily it was ki- kind of hawk that isn't suit like that likes hangout in backyards so it wasn't like super scary but i was originally like uh-oh <laughs> um but then she had saw a bird outside and explained it and that's like that sounds like, like a rock pigeon and it ended up it, it was either a rock pigeon or a morning dove i think once i looked at it further it was a morning dove but it had like really unique like spotting and i was just like i love you i love i love pigeons and so morning doves are the pigeons of my backyard well i mean <laughs> yeah they are i i think pigeons and doves it's weird because like you say dove and you picture like a very you know, graceful peace, sign of peace kind of bird. And you say pigeon and people are like, oh, the cockroaches of the sky. And you're like, they are the same bird. <laughs> don't understand. Look at them. Look at them. Put it in black also, and white. It's are the same. beautiful. Like, have you not seen a beautiful pigeon? And if you haven't, I'm so sorry. Like, you need to look closer. Also, pigeons are so cute. Oh, God. Uh, and they go, oh. <laughs> yeah, I like, I think a rock pigeon might like be my favorite bird simply because they're cute as hell. They love us and uh, they're everywhere. So I always get to be happy. So Um, just while we're putting this out there, one of my possibly my top favorite bird of all time is the New Zealand wood pigeon, AKA the Kereru. Um, because they have these tiny little heads and a huge chunky body and i saw them in person when we went to new zealand for our honeymoon 
and they're like huge like not not the same size as our pigeons they're massive huge birds with, with these tiny little stupid looking heads that look like they don't have a single thought in them and they're known for eating berries that have fermented and getting drunk off them and flying into stuff so like that's just too many facts for me to not think of them as my favorite they're also green which is exciting and it looks like they're wearing a little um white tank top it's so cute <laughs> i they're they're definitely in my top 10 whenever before i got my sleeve i was really hoping there would be a bird in it again i didn't tell them what it was and then i like to go to sleep i was just thinking like okay but what kind of bird is your favorite bird anyway and i started listing them and listing them and I was just like, I love so many birds. I don't want to say autistic behavior, but damn. <laughs> yeah. And hey, there there was a crow or a magpie. We haven't decided how it's going to be colored yet. It could be either. Um, it's not really raven because its nose is not big enough. And I was very happy that the artist knew that. So doing great. Um, I <laughs> didn't realize that the Carreros, it literally does look like they're wearing a tank top. It's so funny. I have I never... You know, it's like it's like. Do you see a vase or two faces? I'd only seen it the other way, and now I can not unsee it. Yeah, uh, when Mia was in New Zealand, they told me about this bird because we both immediately like fell in love, right? Um, and that's the first thing I saw. I was like, these little mo- drunk motherfuckers are wearing a t-shirt. It's so stupid. Them. It looks like a bad tan line. What? Um. Oh shit! What was I gonna say? <laughs> oh, it. What is the brand of? stuffed animal you have that's the bear that looks like this with the little head and the big body oh tiny head big it's something like tiny head big kingdom i know those are the words in there okay okay well i was just thinking if that was a thing that other people knew they then they would exactly picture this bird <laughs> i i think that description should be enough for people to know i just can't tiny... explain to you how tiny the head is I feel like it's unfortunate that I've never seen one when I've gone to like look at birds in like places. I mean, we don't yeah, bring don't a lot of Australasia birds around here, so it makes yeah, sense. it was honestly so like when we went to one of the first things we did was go to um, the botanical garden when we landed in Sydney, and we had just been traveling for like over twenty four hours and really jet lagged and like everything's really weird and like you're kind of you're like oh, I have a little bit of culture shock, but also everyone's speaking English. So like, it's it's like kind of bizarre. And then we go to this botanical garden and all of these fucking birds are so beautiful because it's like tropical birds. So like pink birds and rainbow birds and just all kinds of like, I found, I was like, what is this bird? And then I downloaded the local, like, I didn't even think about birding before I went. I was just like, oh yeah, we're going here. That'll be fun. I didn't even consider birds. And so I downloaded like the local birds um, for my app. And uh, it turns out the bird I was like fawning over first was was also uh, known as the trash can chicken or something. Because (laughs) like basically like pigeons, like they're just always near trash cans and picking through stuff. But it's like an ibis. It's like, oh, so even your like quote unquote junk birds are beautiful. Like fuck off. Yeah, I... I love that. My some of my friends want to go on a trip to Iceland together, and I was like, I don't really like traveling, but I will go if we can go see puffins. <laughs> and they're like, we can go see puffins. I'm like, all right, I'll go. <laughs> okay, I forgot they're called bins over there, so it's bin chickens, but they're the Australian white ibis. If you want to look them up, and they're they're really pretty. Like I, I get that anything can be a nuisance if it goes through your trash and stuff, but come on. I don't know. I have a raccoon tattoo. Then again, I've never had a raccoon problem, but I'm also getting a rat tattooed. I I like I like pests. 
Well, they're, they're not. This is it, this goes back to being very punk. Is like they have a very important role in society that's underappreciated. Exactly, and also, also, uh, Australian robins so fucking cute. They got pink titties and black fur. Man, wow. emo as fuck. Wow, amazing! <laughs> it's two thousand eight up in here. Always. All right, let's move on to bless this mess where we talk about the mess that is our personal lives. What's going on, Mia? Yeah, so um, in the interim, since the last time we recorded, we have been working on, um, so we, we had a house that we lived in before this house, and when we moved into this house, we were able to keep it and rent it out, and um, we had the tenants move out in January, so we have been working on all the things we need to do to like get it cleaned up and repaired and on the market so we can sell it so that we can start moving to Seattle area, and I'm so tired already and we have just started. Um, But it really feels like until now we've been in this holding pattern, right? Where it's like, okay, well, we did our scouting trip. We know what areas we want to look in. We know what our requirements are, but we don't necessarily know our budget yet because we don't know how much our house is going to go for. And we don't have a strict timeline, which is both good and bad. So we were just kind of waiting to to get to the part where we could sell the house and that would set our next things up for us. and unfortunately, now we're there and I don't see a break until we are done moving. And that's really scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. That's why I'm so thankful that we like put like a specific time when we're going to start thinking about it since we're we only have we only have the one house. <laughs> um, but so because we'll just be doing a much more traditional move, we don't really need to think about it until we're ready to fully do it. I feel very thankful about that. Or well, I would die. We also bought the house that we're currently in at a really good time because it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. It was like summer 2020 and the market was really uncertain because people weren't sure what was going to happen with everything. Um, Fair enough. But as a result, our mortgage is only 2% on our current house. And so it feels stupid to sell this one. Like if we knew we were going to originally we were like, oh, we'll sell both houses because we're not going to live in Texas anymore. Um, But then when I realized like, wait, but our mortgage is really low and the rental market is still like strong enough that we wouldn't have a difficulty renting it out. Um, The only difference would be we'd have to get a real property manager instead of being able to kind of do it ourselves, which is totally fine because they'd probably do a better job anyway. Um, And like because our interest rate is so low, it just feels stupid to sell it unless we really need to. But that also makes it more complicated. (laughs) I will say there is a part of me that like doesn't want like I love my house so much but I'm just like you gotta do it (laughs) yeah that's the thing too is like it's just bringing up a lot of feelings about like moving away from my parents who I haven't lived in the same city as since I moved away for college and now they're in the same city as me and that's actually been really nice and like my kid knows his grandparents and that's really good and and wonderful and like if I schedule them ahead of time, they do help out with stuff, you know? Um, no, they're actually incredibly willing to jump in because I forget that they have executive function in a way I've never had. So like if they come over and they see a house project that like needs to get done, they're like, oh, do you want to do that while we're here? And I'm like, what? Um, is that okay? Um, and, you know, I, I just, I really appreciate having them here and it's going to be hard to move away, but I know all the reasons that we're doing it are worth it. We wouldn't have started this if like we had, we've been considering this for years and finally enough stuff happened that it pushed us over the edge. So 
I know we've thought hard about it. I know we're not going to regret it. Um, and even if we do, like moving is, it, it'll just cost money. It won't cost anything else. Um, it's not ideal, but you know. Uh, so I'm trying to hype myself up for it, but I, I think I'm in the part where I'm just sad because like I never thought I'd leave Texas and it does feel like I'm being forced out and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't, I don't love being essentially forcibly relocated, uh, but it is what it is. Um, we are trans people with uteruses, so it's super unsafe for us to stay here. Yeah, and I, I also think if I hadn't had a kid, I would probably not be moving. I do think that's a huge part of it, and I think that just wanting to see a future exist in Seattle that doesn't exist here. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it because I don't have a lot of hope right now and I think I would have more hope if I lived somewhere else. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because like we were also considering just moving to Austin to be closer to them once they had a child. Uh, But then, I don't know, the right wing started trying to commit genocide against people like us and that could potentially make, I mean, Mia at risk for being imprisoned, for being near son so like fuck yeah not yet in texas but there are other places where that's already starting to become a reality yeah and we're not the only people that are queer or otherwise like in a in an oppressed group that i know that have moved away or are considering moving away right like the fact that so many of my friends that i've talked to were like yeah we can't we're, we're not staying here either when none of them had talked about it before i'm like oh shit like it does feel like the tide is shifting i think we're gonna start seeing a lot of migrations away from states that are doing stuff like this because it's like okay i think this is like uh between roe v wade and the anti-trans anti-drag bills and stuff the the book bans that are happening in schools it's like all such a mess down here right now um and it, it makes it hard to especially if you want to start a family or like have a kid. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to move away from the phrase start a family because that implies that like other family units that don't have children are not family units. I don't believe that. Right. (laughs) You're a family. You're never going to have kids and you you guys are still a family. Right. Um, But like, you know, if you want to have a kid, if you want to like have a next generation in your household, it is, I I think it, it, you just can't do it here. People don't want to do it here. No, and, like, the fact that other states are starting to pass laws for, like, refugees from states like this is... Yeah. And um, and we have such privilege being in the, like, relationships that we're in and being cis-passing and all that stuff, and yet, like, I'm still feeling the impact. So I can only imagine what it's like if you're more marginalized and um, if you're, like less cis passing and and all those different things so i don't know i think it just feels like it's time yeah it's yeah it was something you had already been considering before and my partner and i weren't considering at all so we were kind of keeping you back because like i think we're very codependent as couples yeah (laughs) and also like you are my support system like y'all are very uh, it's very important to me that my kid have a relationship with y'all and that we see you regularly and all this stuff but as soon as y'all were like um we might be moving too that that also made it real because it's like oh i can now see this as a reality in a way that i couldn't before yeah it it was the roe v wade stuff because i need access to some of that health care to live so i was like (laughs) cool love that for you well and that also happened right around uvalde so it was just kind of like I, I want to kill myself. Like, 
Yeah, all the signs were telling us to, and as much as I don't want to, because, I mean, we're both creature comfort people. Like, grow up here. I know what to expect here. I like a lot of the stuff here. I like I like a lot of the people here. I like a lot of the culture here. But unfortunately, it's going through a severe satanic panic right now, essentially. And there doesn't seem to be any way out currently. And it's one of those things that we could stay and it will go away eventually. But how many years from now? And for one of us in the family... That's going to be a significantly por- significant portion of his life where he has to live in a terrible place, you know? Yeah, and it's also one of those things where once you can imagine better, it's hard to unimagine it. Um, Like, just the more I've learned over the years about, like, how Texas is set up to... God, the ice storm also happened around the same time. Like, it was really just <laughs> fuck yeah. you all over. Um. But, like, the infrastructure is set up to fail its residents. The um, politics are set up to fail. The school systems, like, every little piece is so not ideal. Like, I I remember learning, I was in voter registration training um, because I was volunteering to be a voter registrar during the 2020 election. And I found out that most states, you don't have to register through a registrar. You can just do it online. And that's when I was like, what are we doing here? And then, like, during 2020, which is, like, the time you would expect them to expand mail ballots the most, that's when I found out how many places have mail-in ballots as their default. And it was just like, what are we doing here? Like, we have no real reason for it to be this behind. I always assumed it was for a reason, because that's the talking point is like, oh, well, you can't do mail-in ballots because they're not secure. But that's really just some bullshit that Republicans made up. Just like everything. Yeah, but, like, I mean, why would I even question that? You know, like, of course you have to show your ID to vote. You know, just just whatever bullshit. It's, like, it's very yeah. frustrating. Or, like, of course you have to wait in line to vote. And other countries are, like, why? Yeah, I love, uh, like, Australia's, like, here's hot dogs. You're, like, the fuck? You get yeah. fucking freedom hot dogs? It's amazing. Oh, and one of my co Also, like, was... I think you're, like, required to vote. Yes, you are. You get yeah. fined if you don't. Um, whereas, like... We're like, oh, no, it's a separate process to register, even though we know exactly who you are. Um, Yeah, one of my coworkers was like, hey, I noticed that uh, we have Columbus Day off, and I know that's a national holiday, and that's why you gave it uh, to us, but what if we didn't do Columbus Day and or we also added, uh, like, the November election day as a holiday? And I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't get Columbus, and I was like, fuck yeah. I think, and also it's just like, now places will do Juneteenth instead of Columbus, which I think is, it's interesting because like a lot of people don't even know what Juneteenth is and they're like celebrating it wrong as white people because it's not a celebration for white people. So we have both. And I think because Biden signed into law that Juneteenth is a national holiday, a lot of people have both now. Um, but I did notice people adding Juneteenth as like a DE&I type thing, which is like, I don't think this is going to fix the inequity in your organization, but okay. Um, I don't know. It's it's a it's a more complicated topic than like, well, we gave you Juneteenth. Aren't you happy? Um, that is like, how they be, though. It is. It is yeah, literally, though. Um, and also giving people Juneteenth in exchange for another holiday is not the same. Like, <laughs> it's such a mess. Um, I don't but mind having more days off. You can only have 10 but... holiday days in a calendar year. 
I cannot explain to you. So I have a friend who works in a, I I don't know exactly. I know it's medical and I know that the company also has lawyers. So it is run a lot like a law office, but I don't believe it's a law office. I don't know. Um, but as a result, she was like, yeah, um, turns out I only took like, I don't remember the abysmal number, but like this many vacation days this whole year. And like, I didn't take any other time off. And even like she went to New Zealand for a month and did camper van, uh, like stuff through the whole country and was working. And I didn't realize she was working at like four in the morning or whatever. And we were like, what is wrong with you? And she's like, well, we have that unlimited part, uh, PTO, but you know, nobody takes it. So it feels like, and, and like it's treated as an inconvenience when you take it. And then I like had to get up in my, on my soapbox and be like, unlimited PTO is meaningless unless you have a minimum required number of days you have to take off and blah, blah, blah. Cause that's how my current company does it. And I'm a huge advocate for that now that I've experienced it. Like, and the culture actually encourages you to take it. And like, nobody's ever insinuated anything that I've taken too much time off. Like it's, it's very good. So it's interesting. So I've technically worked for two companies that had unlimited PTO. The first one did it. Okay. Uh, it was literally unlimited PTO and they obviously would be like within reason, like you could take three months off, but it would have to be like, you'd have to give us this much advance notice so that we can actually adjust for your absence. Cause it was a very small company. Um, so the length of time depended on how early you had to ask, but I think that's fine. It did create issues where people who didn't take off time didn't like those of us who took off a lot of time because I had about like a month. I would take out about a month off a year. That was kind of my personal. It was a, it was a good balance for me. And then when my company was acquired and I worked for a new company that had unlimited PTO, it was not actually unlimited it was 25 days. Mm. But they didn't say that. So just as a manager, you had to be like, well, you're hitting your 25 days. And eventually they put it in the document. They're like, unlimited days, 25. I'm like, well, that's not unlimited then. Those two things don't work together. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't... You're just saying a word and lying about it. Yeah, I was like, either have a limit or don't. But and like I think even in the, like their job postings they're still like unlimited PTO. And I think also part of it was somewhat of the department I was in uh, that they treated like shit. Oh, that that also makes sense because you were customer service, right? So yeah, and I've like noticed that a lot of times, like I my last company I worked at gave everyone a week off in August as like a honestly it felt like a everybody's leaving and we don't want y'all to leave, so please accept this holiday that we just decided to give everybody because um, they did it two years in a row. And so the first year they were like, oh, it's because of this launch that we did. And then the next year it was like, uh, please stay. Um, and I noticed that they were like, by the way, if you're on a customer support team, like your stuff will be different. You will have to work with your manager. Yeah. And you also get paid less. And like, yep, it's, it's very frustrating how customer service teams are treated because also they act like it can't be turned off, but it just it just can. Like, it just can, first off. Second off, you can run on a very small staff and be like, don't allow emails in unless it's an emergency. Like, you can triage things. Yep. It's just, it's uh, very frustrating how that currently is. Um, it feels nope. like the people-centered companies even don't get that right, and that's very frustrating. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting how something like ChatGPT will change that because then almost all questions can be answered by it and then you're only left towards more high-end questions. And that might be pretty nice. Yeah, that I mean... I, I, I would potentially go back to customer service because I only like intense questions. Like that was what yeah. I was good at was technical questions. I don't like, give me some complexity. I'm so bored. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I would rather write four intense, de- like had to debug shit emails a day than a hundred real easy ones that you can use a macro for like any day. <laughs> uh, yeah. The ADHD diagnosis is making more and more sense, isn't it? Oh yeah. And OCD. Uh, yeah. Which it isn't like a hard OCD. Like they're like, you have it, but also you could easily like, I think it could be managed with therapy was kind of how uh, they described it. Mm. And part of it is like having difficulties writing emails. And I was like, like the way they just wait, I'm like, oh, that looks like a lot. Actually, thanks. Cool. <laughs> Brains. Do you want to talk about your brain? Yeah. <laughs> your bless this mess. <laughs> um, I was like, this is a segue. <laughs> yeah. So my bless this mess is kind of a twofold. Sort of. So uh, Adderall, I'm on Adderall. It doesn't work great for me, but it works enough where it makes me not a bitch. So I do take Adderall to not be a bitch to my family. <laughs> I mean, that's important. Uh, but beyond that, it doesn't do much for me. But not not being mean to my family is big because basically, like, it helps with the sensory overload. And um, that's great. But... I recently tried to force myself to start going to bed at a regular time. And essentially, if I go to bed before midnight, my Adderall works a lot better. And uh, it's very frustrating, first off. <laughs> you know, so that, I won't like, like um, go to bed that early. You know, the Telltale games, like, so-and-so will remember this. I was thinking, um, I will do nothing with this information. Uh, yeah, like, I refuse. I, I refuse. I I still like I've been forcing myself to go to bed by two a.m. lately. Like I feel like that's reasonable for me. I am such a fucking night person that I'm happy to go to bed at five a.m. Like I do not need to see day, but <laughs> I started trying to go to bed at twelve to see if Adderall would work better, and unfortunately, it did uh, pretty significantly. Like I got a shit ton done last week, and I was like, damn it. And then I've started creeping back up to my natural habit, which is much closer to two or three, and it's not working as well again. And I think part of that is just allergies and that I'm tired from doing a lot of work last week. But I think more of it is that I should be going to bed earlier. It's very frustrating. And I don't know if I'm going to learn this lesson or not, but unfortunately now it becomes my fault <laughs> if I don't do it. Um but anyways, so I my, hate Adderall, that for you. <laughs> my Adderall soup is finally working because I also got on back on uh, Zoloft and I take a lot of like vitamins now. And so, you know, my like medication is working pretty well. I feel pretty good most days as long as there's not like extenuating circumstances or I just don't get any spoons on a day. Yeah, your baseline uh, is higher. Yeah, significantly. And so right as that happens, finally the Adderall shortage hit me. And I was like, motherfucker, because I go to like a really small um, pharmacy for my mental health meds because they're a lot easier to deal with mental health meds than 
like a CVS because you're just dealing with like a family owned business. Right. And so I think part because I was going to them, I, it took me a lot longer to hit the shortage than most people. And I even like bragged to my therapist about it because my therapist is like, oh, has it hit you yet? And I was like, oh, no, you know, I go to this place and it hasn't hit me at all. And she was like, oh, great, because a lot of my people are out there raw dog in life. And I'm like, you shouldn't be driving. Oh, God. <laughs> um, that, like, in case you didn't know, there's a shortage. Um, do you mind if I talk a little bit about what the reason for the shortage is? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So basically, because Adderall is a controlled substance, because people who don't have ADHD can abuse it easily. Um, there's a finite amount that companies that make Adderall and uh, and the generic version are allowed to produce in a calendar year. And that does not change quickly enough with changes in demand. And because of the pandemic and a lot of people realizing that they have ADHD symptoms, both because like our worlds fell apart and all your coping mechanisms are gone and also because like um, ADHD TikTok and stuff like that, right? Like it, it's like a perfect storm where there's all of a sudden these new diagnoses everywhere. And now there's a lot of, um, because the the health laws changed during the pandemic to allow people to get uh, access to controlled substances to get prescriptions via online services. So there's now also these services that like I get Instagram ads for that are like, do you think you have ADHD? We can get you Adderall. Um, and I'm not saying like, that everybody who uses those is just trying to get Adderall, but I definitely think that that's how they advertise themselves. And I think like it probably isn't that hard to get a diagnosis and a prescription through that compared to like the testing that I did. Um, and as a result, basically too much supply or too much demand, not nearly enough supply. Yeah. And also supply chain issues. And there's also more to say to that. So they recently brought it to, I can't remember which uh, government agency controls the amount of it allowed. I believe it's the DEA. I think it's a DEA too. Drugs, yeah. <laughs> so let's go with DEA. <laughs> Walter White so, shit. <laughs> uh, because there's this shortage and it's pretty detrimental to the folks who need Adderall to like keep a job. Um, the DEA was like, oh, we're not going to up it because essentially we're concerned about during the pandemic of over, um, over prescribing Adderall, which was a very real thing, very specifically um, an issue with... Oh, God, which one was it? There was one that was advertising like that. and Was it Ritalin? Based... No, they were, it, the service was... Uh, oh, the service. Yeah, so they like very were like very techy and like basically because of saying, oh, you can now do this through telehealth, they were able to do Adderall and they're like, get people on it, get people on drugs. They were like really, really forcibly got people on drugs. Like literally a kid died because his parents didn't fucking know that he was on depression medication. So didn't know to look for the signs of like heightened suicide, suicidality within teens uh, and all oh of no. that shit. Like it was really bad. And um, basically there's a whole bunch of drama in the ADHD community right now because it recently passed through the Biden administration that they're essentially taking away the law of, telehealth again now that things are somewhat more manageable and so everyone's freaking out because basically the way that the, all the articles are writing about it is like oh they're gonna force you have to go see your doctor in person to get every 30 Adderall. days or every new prescription yeah which is not but that's not true necessarily it yeah <laughs> it's like it's literally just the way the law was before and it's just that you have to go in the first time you have to see a doctor in person once and after you do that then you can do telehealth unless your doctor determines that you are at risk at abusing it, and in which case you may be required to do more, but that's often at a doctor's discretion. 
Yeah, I didn't realize that the law had changed during the pandemic until my psych mentioned it because um, it was before the Biden thing happened. But I guess there was some talk about letting the emergency order stuff around the pandemic expire. Um, And as a result, that would have been one of the things impacted. And I was like, oh, I didn't even I thought like stuff just didn't build that infrastructure for, you know, oh, we're renting an office, whatever. Like, you know, I thought it was just the world is inconvenient, not that it was like a legal issue. Um, and she was like, yeah, what I'm hoping for is like, maybe it's just the first time you have to come in or like once a year, we have to see you in person to make sure it's you who's taken the Adderall or something. And then the rest of the time we can do it online. Cause it's a lot easier for me too. And I was like, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Cause then, yeah, a lot of places abused it. And now those of us who need Adderall, and a lot of people who got the diagnosis through those apps probably genuinely have a need for Adderall. Oh, absolutely. But I also think that if you were someone who was looking to abuse Adderall, that would be my first path. Oh, absolutely. Because especially stupid easy. Especially because some of the people who are doing the diagnosis don't necessarily have like an ADHD specialty. Like I went to an ADHD specialist and he immediately was essentially like, yeah, because the way like if you go to if you deal with people with ADHD all the time, it's very obvious when someone has ADHD, you know? Um, yeah like, now that I know what it is yep turns <laughs> out everyone in my life <laughs> yeah and like I've been diagnosed in person twice now so like double confirmed baby yeah the I did like a full day of yes. testing and and I want to be clear that like that's not required to get diagnosed with ADHD like even even like you don't have to do a full day of testing you don't have to go to a specialist but I wanted to because I wanted to be really sure that because because I have existing mental health stuff um, and I was a little bit in denial that it was also slash instead of, you know, whatever, it, that it could be ADHD. Um, I just already had some messy stuff going on in there and it wasn't super clear cut. So I wanted to go to a professional. Um, but you can also ask your your um, your regular doctor, like your doctor that you go to for checkups about it and they can prescribe you Adderall. Some of them don't want to and that's totally fine. They're like, I don't really want to deal with. Well, a lot of them are just like, I don't want to deal with controlled substances. And I'm like, that's fair because it's a pain in the ass on everybody's side. <laughs> yeah. Um, like That's 100% why I went to an ADHD-specific person. Because that's like, that you're, that's your business. You're going to have yes. like fast ways to get through shit. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I, I, I'm definitely not... Like, I just want to be clear that I'm not saying that the people who got their diagnosis through the web or whatever through these apps is, are like bad people or that they're definitely abusing it. I think probably the large majority of them do have ADHD or something very similar. I think it's probably a helpful service more than it's harmful, but I think it did lead to um, diagnosis being so accessible that the supply just couldn't keep up. And that this is actually a problem with the DEA. Like, they're the actual people at fault. <laughs> Yeah, and and again, uh, supply chain issues are part of it. And from my understanding, and this could be uh, fake news, but uh, my understanding is also now more places are given the go to to create these medications. So, like, obviously, there's different manufacturers. So, my understanding is more places were given the recently because of the the supply issue, not the like EA limit issue, but the yeah. Um, that it seems that some of them are not making as good of drugs either. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me because I, so during the shortage, the only way I've been impacted so far is I had to get on a name brand Adderall instead of generic. And I was like, is this like super Adderall? This is way better. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm on generic, but super Adderall, real Adderall is significantly better. Literally, yeah. how can you call it the same thing? Yeah, it, it's genuinely bullshit. And then also, like, even, like, uh, not Vyvanse, but some of the other ones. Well, Vyvanse is even affected by it. But, like, people, a lot of people on ADHD meds are like, has it felt like these are not working lately? And so it's currently a conspiracy. But I could also see the reality and based on how things are going. So, you know, yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't they, surprise me is like the potency is down because more people that are not used to manufacturing like whatever reason that makes sense to me, though. But it's interesting just because I've never taken a controlled substance before, even though I've been on medication for a long time now. So the rules and regulations and stuff are so different to me that I thought if there's anyone listening that doesn't have ADHD, which babes, if you're this far into the podcast, I think you might have ADHD. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Um but you know, if you if you weren't aware of that, I think it's interesting to know because it's it's interesting to see how many hurdles there are to get access to this when the the population that needs it is notoriously bad at any sort of executive function. Like for example, calling a pharmacy. Yeah, it's it's maddening. It truly and, is maddening. <laughs> oh, and by the way, the the name brand Adderall was not covered by my insurance that month. Like, but my option was don't get Adderall. Or don't get my medication at all because they told me that every pharmacy in the area also didn't have it in that di- in that dose. Um, take a different dose or a different formulation and try to figure that out. And to do that, I would have to message my psych and get my prescription changed around, or just stomach it and pay the hundred bucks. And I picked pay the hundred bucks because I knew I wasn't going to do any of the other stuff and I would just suffer. Yeah, it's uh, it's very fun because at this point in my life, I don't know if I could work a regular job without Adderall. Uh, simply because, again, it's really common with autistic people, late diagnosed autistic people that you got so burnt out, you're going to lose a lot of your functioning. And so, like, without Adderall, I've lost a lot of my functioning. And it's very cool. Very much love it. I am almost at, I'm rounding the corner around my first year of having the autism diagnosis. And things are are starting to get better, which is interesting, because that's kind of what people say, is that your first year is extremely difficult. But after you get used to the concept and understanding and looking back in your past and looking into your current behaviors and making adjustments, that it does start to get better after about a year. And I definitely can see that for myself as well. I didn't realize it had already been that long because time time is weird right now. <clears throat> but, I don't think it's uh, been quite that long. But Well, I, if you asked me, hey, had you had a baby by the time I got my autism diagnosis, I would have said no. So that's how off I am. <laughs> my baby's almost two. or he, He's a year and a half. Um. So yeah, I, I, time is weird right now, and maybe we'll be until I don't know. Is COVID ever now going to be a thing? Um, I'm really proud of you though because I've noticed a huge difference in just like obviously you had the recent not so good mental health stuff, but like I've noticed a huge difference in how you operate and also how you talk about yourself. Me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all very good, and I I also relate to the um the burnout stuff because like. We've talked before about like, oh, I just don't have a mask anymore. I don't know how to pretend anymore. I've lost all my coping skills that I've built up over the years because I realized what's really happening. And as a result, I can no longer like pretend. Um, And working through that with like a job has been a challenge. So like, I think I've done a decent job, but it was definitely harder than I expected it to be because I didn't really, I thought, oh, if anything, this diagnosis of ADHD. I don't have an autism diagnosis, although I think we all know. Um, you have a peer-reviewed diagnosis. Yes, as they call it. Um, 
but I think the the ADHD diagnosis, I was like, oh, worst case scenario, like I have ADHD, I'll get on medication, I'll have some coping mechanisms, we'll be fine. I did not expect like all the coping mechanisms I'd built up over the years to just fall apart. And as a result, like getting, I don't know, the regular amount of work that it feels like I need to get done, done was really challenging and continues to be on certain days because now I know that if my brain's not going to work, I can't force it to work. Um, where I used to be able to do it a little bit, but it's almost like I just hit a point where I can't even, I can't, I can't force myself anymore. Yeah. Which I prefer, like, my mom is still really bad at forcing herself to do stuff when, like, she just didn't have the energy for the day. And I was like, who cares? Who cares? Like, I do as much as my body allows me in a day. And then I stop. If my body tells me to stop, I just listen to it and stop. And I'm very lucky that I don't have a job that's going to, like, be like, ah you know but even then there's still like a limit to yourself where you'd be like well I can't do this today so what can I do like I'm just not gonna yeah. be able to do this like I uh, I have like I was talking with my therapist to be like I have a disability and sometimes I need to accept that it is disabling right that's the other thing is like it's literally ADHD is literally a developmental disability and I'm 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 just out here like no I'm just quirky like like I think it's not going <laughs> to disable me um and the the positive thing I will say is like I'm in a, a job that's flexible I'm in a job that doesn't have a lot of emergencies um I'm in a job where I don't have like quotas the way that you had in your last job um and, and you work for a European company which is a huge help yes. as well yes I think that's helpful and also um a lot of folks in tech have ADHD. So several people on my team have ADHD and all of them were really supportive when I was like, I just got diagnosed with this. So I talk about it a lot and I'm sorry, I'm still figuring out how it impacts me. And like three different people were like, I have ADHD, reach out to me if you need anything and blah, blah, blah. And like my boss has ADHD, like everyone's super understanding. Um, I haven't had any problems in terms of like people being like, oh, your, your work output is bad. Like literally I've had no negative reviews. It's only my personal self that is impacted by that part your brain gives you a few negative reviews yes my brain is like you fucking idiot um but i'm i'm also like you said oh i can't do this today it's not going to happen what can i do instead i finally have gotten to the point where i can pivot instead of like dwelling on something all day and being like well it's too bad that i can't do it like for the most part i think i've gotten better at those coping mechanisms but yeah it's been it's been an interesting time having all, all this uh come to light remember when i was like ah, I'm healed. I'll have a baby. And then it turns out I didn't know anything about myself. Love that. Yeah, one of my biggest like coping mechanisms that I've learned is like because some weeks you only get a certain amount of spoons. So if I have something that's really big that needs to get done, it'll be the only thing on my to-do list that week. And I'll have mm. other things too, right? But they will not be actual action items. So then the day that I get energy, that's the day I do most of it and set it up for the rest of the week. So like... That's a great life hack. And some weeks I have to delay it unless there's like an actual limit. So like one of the things right now when I think I'm going to have a like energy week, I need to sell my mom's car. And that's going to be a real hell week. So that's the only thing I'm doing that week. And when I finish how much I'm doing that day, I also only give myself a certain amount of tasks a day so that when I finish my tasks... I'm done. I don't have to feel guilty for taking like having downtime because I'm so bad at letting myself feel bad for playing video games or something because I feel like I should have done more. But if I've done yeah. what I've kind of assigned myself for the day, um, yeah, setting up limits for myself is good. 
<laughs> it turns out. Yeah, I'm definitely better at, at that because I have such a hard end, a hard stop to my day when we go pick up our, our kit from daycare and we do bedtime and stuff. It's incredibly rare that I'll log on again unless like I really need to get something done or whatever. Um, but because like, I, and I've noticed that for Colby too, who has a chronic working problem, uh, I don't know that he would describe it as a problem, but like he, he his it's tendency is to work like pretty much always. Um and before we had the baby and he didn't have that hard stop, I think it was really hard for him to find a stopping point for the day. And that context switching, that like small commute, even though our daycare is super close, helps a lot. And I'm I'm really glad for that. Yeah, I really want to add some more stuff to that to my like day to day where I'm just like, this is like on Mondays, that is my uh, chore day where I go out and run errands. And that kind of starts my week off on a good note because A, I got the most annoying, tiring stuff done. <laughs> And B, I saw the sunlight. Yeah. I I honestly, I have to get dressed enough to take uh, our baby to daycare in the morning. And like, sometimes it's like not the level I'd like to be for a Zoom call. So I'll get dressed again when I get home. But the fact that I have to leave the house is actually really helpful. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I could come up with a better excuse, but I was just like, oh, what would you do? Go get Starbucks every morning? That's a waste of money and gas? No. So. Yeah. That's the only thing I thought of too. Like, because... I've had, I've had, I've been like, you know, a lot of the work from home tips are like, oh, go for a walk with your dog in the morning and pretend that's your commute. And I'm like, shut the hell up. Like, I would never. Um, <laughs> it's so aggressive for you. It, it is. Sorry. I, <laughs> my bad. I imaginary it. people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, trying also, to find. Also, my neighborhood has no fucking trees. I live in Texas. That's not fucking happening. I, I well, wanted to die. Yeah. I'm actually that's one of the things I'm most looking forward to about Seattle other than like human rights um is I'm the so weather for human rights and like trees trees and cooler weather so I'm hoping we'll be outside more often and you know just like the I wouldn't be surprised if we get there and we're like oh my brain is better even though like the winter is hard yeah, I, I know it's the right choice, even if I'm terrified of it, because I'm yeah. also terrified of having like us like this is so a smaller, shittier house. Like we can afford a good, nice house here. We can't in Washington. So we're going to have a smaller, shittier house. And that yeah. freaks me out because <clears throat> I have. I get the feeling we will also have a smaller, shittier house. Um, and that's, you know, that's a sacrifice. <laughs> I love that Texas real estate, baby. It's it, the homes here are real good for affordable prices. Not gonna lie. Yeah, because this the, because of everything else. Sucks right? to live here. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, please move here. Please, you can afford it. I'm like, I can, but at what costs? Uh, just the human rights again. Human rights and gun violence. It's fine. Yeah, possibly your life, not your dignity. Have fun. Uh, love it here. Uh, I also had a small addendum I wanted to add just because I kind of wanted to talk about it this week because it's new this week and maybe I'll have updates later. Um, so to keep my life in and check, I use a um, Hobonichi Weeks planner. It works perfect for my needs. Uh, the only thing it doesn't ever work perfect for is that if it's it, I basically live in two rooms primarily in my house, my office and the living room. So if it's in the office, I can't see it in the living room and it's vice versa, right? So I'd have to go get it and like, you know with executive function it's just not going to happen and you'll get into like the freeze state. So I was like, all right, well, how can I fix this? And the same thing goes for my iPad to like draw. Like I do it in both rooms. And so 
which like if it's not with me so I was like what if you just like started carrying them around with you and so I now have started carrying a backpack around my house now mind you Mia knows this because they've been to my house the office and the living room not far from each other not at all no but it's not (laughs) about that and you know it and I was just like I can be right I can be laying on the couch like only a couple feet away from the nearest toilet and have to pee so bad and be too tired and exhausted to do it like it's not about how close it is no and I was also getting annoyed at that like of like certain stuff being put in certain baskets or the dog stepping on it and I was like if it's all just in a backpack then it stands upright it's really easy to move out of the way of the dog I can bring it in this room I can bring it in that room um so I'm mostly talking about this as an early experiment this is so stupid, but right now I, I the reason I hate it is because I hate the backpack I'm using for it because it doesn't feel cozy enough to be a home backpack, which is the most <laughs> insane person thing I've ever said. Wait, which backpack are you using, or like what 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 type of backpack? You don't. It doesn't have to be the exact one. Oh, it's it's easy. Uh, I'm using just one of my old Conkins right now because I didn't want to ah. spend money unless I knew I liked it, and at least like starting with the Conkin, I could figure out what was wrong with it. Um, but since most of you here are weird art kids, you probably at least touched the Konkin and you know that they're like that, like hard weatherproof material. And while the yeah, size they're like, is they're good, like canvas, right? Yeah. But like even worse than that, like it's I like just plastic canvas. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. It's like rough and all of that. And like, I want like an extremely, like, I want like a tote bag of backpacks, right? Like I want it to be like soft, simple small but big enough to fit my laptop in because if I carry my laptop with me that'll be nice because sometimes I need a Mac in my room with a PC which is annoying but true (laughs) and so like no but that totally makes sense to me because I use my Konkin as a diaper bag and it works great for that because that's a thing that you like we're going to playgrounds there's snacks and water in there like I need it to be weatherproof (laughs) yeah and dirt proof and stuff but like um I, I didn't like using it for my all the time bag because it's, it's not comfy enough. Yeah, for my all the time bag, I use a mini Jansport and I really like that, but I don't think I'd like a bigger Jansport. <laughs> so I'm just like, Ugh. I don't want to like spend money on a backpack on this if I'm not going to use it. And also, if I do spend money on a backpack, I at least want to make sure it fits the needs I have. Because like, do I want right. it to have a, a side holder so that I could put a water bottle in it and actually have my water bottle with me all day rather than just leaving it somewhere and forgetting it for four days <laughs> I mean yes but I uh, the thing is I know you and I know how many times you've been down the like buying a backpack for the needs that I have at this moment rabbit hole so I know that it's not going to be like some easy feat for you to pick a backpack um, and that's exactly why I was like use a backpack you already have to test yeah, but then now you've done that and you're like, okay, I have I have suggestions to make. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Lord knows it's going to take me 10 years. And also the thing is, is because I don't work now, I'm not going to be willing to buy an expensive one because it's correct. I'm much, like, I'm not going to buy an expensive backpack. I just am not, not for this, you know? Yeah. And like, I was like, a tote bag would, like, because, you know, they make the nice tote bags with, like, the side holes. Yeah, I was, was going like, to suggest be- the, the Target tote bag we both have from the Pride collection that has a pocket. Because that's the thing is, if I were carrying all that around, I'd want at least one pocket and a lot of tote bags don't have a pocket. Yes. So, pocket's necessary. I That one's too thick of a material as well. Autism. And that's part of the problem is that, like, I just, like, if I'm going to be carrying this around all the time, it has to be a pleasure to carry around. I also 
that's kind of why I want to go with a backpack because tote bags hurt to wear. Um, I have a Big Bud Press backpack that is pink. Do you know the one? Yeah. Do you want it? I was thinking of getting rid of it anyway. Do you want to try it? If you're thinking about getting rid of it, yes, I would like it. But I don't think it'll fit everything. But I, I do want it if you get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to sell it, but you can have it. Cool. Boss. Um, Literally, I really I like just... that backpack, so... No, it's really cute, but I I don't use it anymore because I'm always carrying the diaper bag and it's basically the same size and same color. Fair and reasonable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that it, seriously, if, if you want it, it's yours. Um, and oh. maybe it'll solve your problem, maybe not, but it is yours. Cool. I love that. Just remind me when you visit next. <laughs> oh, God. You're going to have so many things you have to give me. I know. It's exciting. Oh. And yet I might, I might only see you for like five minutes. You better stuff. fucking not. Like I swear. <laughs> okay, well at least eat a meal. Yeah. Thank okay. you. That's all I ask. It's gonna come uh, to town and not even see me. <laughs> uh Mia's partner's best friend streams online. And so we got into this discussion of fancy sodas with him. And then I ended up buying like 14 different fancy sodas for Mia's husband's best friend so originally i'm going to get a tattoo touched up in austin and i was like it's going to be weird when i just drop off 14 sodas for your husband and me (laughs) i mean weirder things have happened even though your husband doesn't think we're fucking friends look that's a whole story i don't think we've told it on the show (laughs) (laughs) bitch man it's yeah colby's weird it's fine (laughs) you're perfect it has nothing to do with you (laughs) Uh, let's move on to the tastemaker where I recommend you something we've been enjoying lately and this week your taskmaster (laughs) (laughs) your tastemaker is Mia oh I would I would rather be a taskmaster I love that um amazing well it was taskmaster one week so maybe that's it too um so this week it is this app called Finch um basically it's a self-care centered app um, I primarily use it as like a to-do list and I use it for things like, oh, let me, let me see. Uh, oh God, it's going to make me rank my mood. I don't know this one. Um, okay. So the ones I have in today are take my medication, um, eat a good breakfast, eat a good lunch, brush my teeth in the morning, wash my face, brush my teeth at night and put away one item that is not in its place. So it doesn't punish you if you don't finish things every day. Um, you can, you can set those things to be as specific or as general as you like they also have a whole bunch of other tools in there so like if you rate that your mood is really low um it'll it'll be like hey do you want to like do a breathing exercise or like maybe write down what's bothering you like it gives you suggestions based on how you're doing um and i originally got it because i was i think i was talking on the podcast about this but it was so long ago now um but i was looking for a mood tracker And this came up as one of the suggestions. And I was worried that I wouldn't be internally consistent enough with how I rate my mood to understand trends and patterns. But it does a couple things that I like. Number one, it turns out it's all fake and the points don't matter. So you might as well try. Um, And I'm still finding patterns that are interesting. And number two, it also, if you write like reflections about your day or about goals, it will... uh, pull insights from those as well so it'll be like hey lately you've been less hopeful and i'm like yeah i was sick for three weeks that checks out um i did want to die thank you yeah i did have no hope um 
things like that and we also had a really good discussion about uh, you and i liz about um how to rank your moods so you rank it on a scale of basically one to five but it's uh, it's like smiley faces right so there's like a neutral face right in the middle and i was like yeah i never know what to do when like nothing's wrong but nothing's right either and liz is like there's literally a neutral face because i usually rank it as a four (laughs) i almost always use the neutral face it is rarely ever any other one. So it's so funny to me because we use the app totally differently. Oh, completely. Um, But also like, so that's how I use it. And I would just want to say there's lots more features and I think it's really cool and really interesting. And also you can have friends on it. And also I completely forgot the part where you have a yeah, pet bird. Yeah, I was going to say bird. you haven't mentioned the main thing. Look, I, the episode that will never see the light of day, I talked about Finch and I think I did it way better. Um, But the whole point is that you have a bird to dress and give cute... uh uh cute items too because you can decorate their room okay so it might be <laughs> i think it's in the mod adventures and like i forgot to open it. so i normally so i use mine as a way to remind myself of essentially my routine because i will forget steps of my routine if i'm not reminded every day and then i get rewards for doing it right like in game so it's a really good way for me to wake up in the morning i open the app and it's like uh make your bed take your pills refill the humidifier um, and a couple other things that are just, like, really simple, nice stuff. And I, I have, like, wake up as one of mine because, A, it's great that I woke up. And, B, you have to hit a certain threshold of points a day to, like, get to go on an adventure. And because for me, I don't want to have more. I have that as kind of like a cheat to push myself over the edge because I, I don't want to do more in here. It's working really great as is. Um, And I forgot to do it this morning, so I just did it while Mia was talking. And so now... Now that I've done all my tasks for the day, and I'll lie too. Like if I didn't do them in a day, I'll also still click them off because I'm not going to punish myself either Um, because I'm not doing it to track moods. I'm doing it to like kind of keep myself in a rhythm. And if I don't stay in a rhythm for a day, I'm not going to punish myself because you can't work that way when you have ADHD. Um, So today, this morning, I had to wake up really early to take my mom to a doctor's appointment. So I just wasn't able to do all of my morning routine. I'm not going to punish myself for that. I still do it because I would stop using the app if I started being honest in that way. That's so, so yeah, that's really interesting to me because I don't think that it punishes, like for me, it doesn't feel like it punishes me enough that I would do that, but I totally get what, like either way is valid. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. whatever. But um, because I do a lot of the reflections that also gives you enough points to go on an adventure. So like we just use it completely different. And I like seeing both my streaks and like, so you can do a journey, which basically you can attach things to a specific goal. So like my teeth brushing ones are under a specific thing. And once you do X number of days where you check off, I believe it's anything under that task. I don't think you have to complete all of them. Um, you, you get more gifts and more, more, uh, money and stuff like that so I find that really motivating to be able to be like because I'm not a nighttime teeth brusher and I've fallen out of it so last time I was like wow this thing has single-handedly made me a nighttime toothbrusher for this long and blah 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 but then we got sick and I fell out of nighttime toothbrushing um but like it it's gentle enough and motivating enough for me that that's working but I can only use it to push myself very like in very small ways um I actually added the eating a decent breakfast and lunch this week because I realized like that's a challenge for me because I have to go all the way downstairs and then figure out what to eat and like feeding myself is hard. Um, 
but if I don't, then I feel like shit and I can't figure out why because I'm not hungry. I just feel like shit. So just things like that that I agreed. Like the, the monotony is difficult for me. I've never had any other reason to brush my teeth at night like that's worth that's worked as much as this. So I'll, I'll keep it. But yeah, I, th- I do find it interesting that you're like, no, no, no. I just need to be it, like, it doesn't matter if I do it or not. I just need to be reminded what my tasks are. And I'm like, that's also fair. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh... And it works really well. And yeah, some days I don't, but I have been so much more on all the things that I want to do. And these are things that I know set my day off on a better path if I do them. So like if I don't have this list in the morning to remind myself humidifier, I'll forget the humidifier. I'll forget to do make my bed. I'll forget one of the steps always if I do not have this. So it's yeah. been really helpful for that. And the other thing that's been really helpful for me um, is that we've, we've used this for probably three three months now yeah it looks like i started in december yeah um wow that's surprising and so the way i discovered that i was in the worst depression of my adult life was through this app um so even though i'm not using it for mood tracking i'm using it for routine uh when i open the app and ask you like how excited are you for today it was always sad faces and I hadn't answered a sad or like a neutral or even happy face once for like two weeks. And at some point during that time, I had gone to Austin to get a tattoo and saw Mia, saw my like, you know, little bestie. And (laughs) I remember being like super um, like disengaged that weekend. And between all that sadness, I was like, you're depressed. And then the second, because of this app, told me essentially like I was depressed after realizing and entering that for so many days then once I acknowledged it I felt it all um and yeah I was horrifically depressed like in a way that I hadn't been as and I just hadn't noticed it because I don't do any sort of reflection that even that little bit of reflection where it just in the morning is like how are you excited for today was enough for me to recognize that something was off and um I really like it for that. It's just like a a morning check-in essentially is what I use it as. Yeah. I have a hard time with, so the question they specifically ask is how motivated are you for today? And I'm like, I don't know. How the fuck do I answer? Like, this is exactly the reason why I was worried about having a mood app in the first place. Um, But I think that's really interesting because like, it doesn't matter so much how you decide to answer that, but what your answers tell you about yourself. Right. So like having, a tiny amount of self-reflection. The reason I wanted a mood tracking app in the first place is because I feel like I'm not very good at answering questions at like my psych appointments about how medication is impacting my life. And it's not until something gets really noticeably bad and I still may not even notice it. So being able to like have that small moment of reflection a couple times a day has been very helpful for me. Um, and I was just looking through my patterns to see if there was anything interesting. And it's like, oh, steady your happiness. I'm like, yeah, because I'm not sick. It's great. Um, <laughs> and I also like will take notes of like, uh, so it'll notice like who who people that you talk about are. So it's like, hey, you talk about Liz. Like, you know, these are the things you talk about when you mention Liz, like podcast. And one time <laughs> it was like, do you want to introduce Liz to podcast? And I was like, oh, they've met. Um, <laughs> but, Love you that. know, just. It's, it's it's interesting because, you know, sometimes it'll be like, oh, you express sadness with Colby. And I'm like, what? What was that? And it's like, Colby's having a rough day because he's sick. And I'm like, OK, calm down. Like, it's fine. I know. <laughs> that, that was part of the depression part is it was like, uh, 
it seems that your mom and your partner make you upset. And I was like, well, no, but they are, they do live in the house with me. So right. they were worth mentioning. Um, or so like, that's actually- I had a hard day because something happened that involved them. It's not because they're making my life miserable. <laughs> it's not uh, that smart, but it is nice to see, like, it's cool that they can connect that stuff for you. I found it actually to be a really great tool. And because you can be friends on it. Um, yeah. Hit me up if you want to, if you, if you join and you want to, you want a little bird friend and we can, we can have our birds give each other compliments. Cause that's what me and Liz do all day. Yeah, Mia's bird and mine, Sage and Mango, are currently adventuring in Paris on my game. Um, in my game, we are adventuring in the Swiss Alps. Um, and I didn't know that the locations that you can buy change every day. And the first day they had Tokyo, Japan. And if I'd known that, I would have just bought it. <laughs> uh, Tokyo comes up a lot. I think you just have to, so you can buy them and fly there and then... Um, if you want to go back to a previous location, you buy it again, and it's like buying a plane ticket to each of the places. Yeah, that's but, my understanding. So it's next expensive. Time, not expensive. It's not. I just don't. I don't know. I'm like, oh, I gotta finish. I've gotta explore a hundred percent of the Alps before I'm allowed to go anywhere. But maybe I'll maybe I'll get over that. I sp- well, so whenever you like upgrade in the game, it gives you one free option of it, but it's randomized. And so I lucked out that Paris was one of mine and my free option of flying somewhere to begin with. And uh, it's simply because I want a fucking Black Beret and I still have not got the Black Beret in my shop and I'm losing my mind. I'm trying <laughs> Give to me get a Black some, Beret uh, from my gay little bird. <laughs> he your needs gay little it. emo bird. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get some pink lederhosen, so maybe I'll wait until that pops up and then I'll switch. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a good time. I highly recommend it. Um also the community is really sweet and um I have uh, we both have bought the plus subscription cuz you get a lot out of it and I want to support the makers. So like obviously we're into it. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like I know they're moving up and down the price or changing the pricing, but it was like $35 for a year. So it's not bad with how much it's already helped my health. Yeah, genuinely I find it to be a cheap investment considering like one therapy appointment is way more than that yeah i also just want to mention so i think mia and i just kind of chose colors we liked for our birds and our birds ended up mirroring each other but also looking like the my melody and karomi versions of how you would make these birds and it's (laughs) really predictable (laughs) we're embarrassing it's fine Uh, yeah mia's is pink and white and mine is black and purple and i'm just why are we like this because we're we are who we are and be who yeah. you are uh, that'll never change and it's fine we're so good all right thanks for listening if you'd like to follow us on the internet you can follow me at liz Luxley and at heyliz.com and you can follow me at exomia more and exomia.com and <clears throat> sorry and to leave you on some food for thought for the week this is from plague poems at plague poems on twitter I know an old punk whose pierced nose remains hidden behind the N95 mask he dutifully wears. And when I ask him if he still wears it because his ascetic has never cared for norms, he replies that he wears it because nothing is more punk than giving a shit about other people. Stay spooky, y'all. Bye.